The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast here at acmepackingcompany.com, part of SB Nation. Talking Packers all of the time. I am Zach Rapport, holding it down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, joined by my trusty cohorts in New York City. Big changes, you guys. Next season is shaping up to look a lot different for the Packers. We sort of already knew that, but uh, there's lots of news uh, to get to over the course of the last two weeks since we last talked to you, dear listeners, and, and who better to break it all down with than Ben Foldy and Alex Patakis. Ben, how are you? I'm all right. I'm about to go to Spain. What? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Is this like a pleasure trip, a work thing? What's going on? I don't know. If you're traveling with your parents, is it pleasure? It's a mixture of pain and pleasure, we'll call it. It'll be fine, No, is my sense. It will be fine, and I won't have to pay for much. I hope that you have a a fine time. Let's move over to Alex Patakis. Uh, Back from a short off-season hiatus. Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I've got quite a bit of food envy for the meals that Ben's going to be consuming in Spain, which we've already discussed, so... I'm dealing with that. Have you? Uh, you've been to Spain before? I have not been to Spain. I'm extremely jealous. I have some Spanish heritage. I'm trying to get my mom to go as well. Great job by you, Ben, being able to go with your rents because there's something great about spending time with your rents is like how willing they are to pay for you. I know. Since you're especially, out here on your own in New York like City, good food. Yeah, it's yeah. like when when meals are are in the on the picture, it's like really the the, the best. There's nothing more gratifying. <laughs> no, you're like, oh, I'll get that appetizer. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah, dessert. Why not? Sure, I'll have another beer. Well, I know for a fact that we uh, we do have one, maybe two listeners in Spain. So if you are listening right now, what you should do is uh, follow us all on Twitter at the APC Pod. And then add all of our names at Zach Rapport, at Ben Foldy, and at Alex Patakis. And send Ben your uh, food recommendations because he's going to be in your fine country. It's true. Soon. Yeah. Top 10 paellas in Spain, where you can get them. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just jump right into it, you guys? A lot of big news uh, has gone down since we last talked to you. As I mentioned, uh, a lot of uh, stalwart Packer names no longer on the team. So let's just jump right into it. Clay Matthews will we'll start there, the main the myth, the legend, pass rusher Clay Matthews heading back to his home state of California on a a two-year deal with the Rams worth a maximum value of just under about $17 million. Wow. You know, at that price, the team-friendly deal and sort of the move to inside linebacker that many of us suggested or even hoped for uh, clearly 
was not in the cards for the Packers. Alex, I want to start with you here because I think that um, you've been sort of the most critical of Matthews among us three. Can I sort of get a temperature check here? How are you feeling about this? I mean, it's uh, you're always sad to see someone go who is part of so many great times and who had so much success. But from the football and moving forward perspective in these new era Packers, I mean, I feel like midway last year, there was probably a show we did at some point in October where we were like, man, I'm kind of glad this is the last season that we're going to have Clay Matthews. There's no way in hell he's going to be around longer than that. Um, so, you know, you've probably upgraded at pass rusher. He's not there. It's just not there anymore. Like, he's always, I think the way I described it and how I just feel about him in general is he was always kind of an effort guy. And when you're stronger or quicker than everybody else, it's easy to get by on that. But when you're, you know, aging... Uh, it's hard to not have just like a deep um, repertoire of, you know, very technically sound pass rushing moves. So um, it doesn't fly anymore <laughs> when you're not like the young spry guy who's just uh, working his way around blocks uh, as opposed to, you know, I guess doing it the more technically sound way. He was one of the most snake bitten players in the NFL last year in terms of penalties obviously and that got discussed a lot but it's also worth pointing out that on almost every one of those if he was a step quicker they wouldn't have been a penalty yeah and, and he doesn't have that step anymore do you think it's also worth noting that on some of those penalties if it had been called slightly differently you know he gets credit for more sacks you know he's been dinged i think the past few years for like lower sack numbers and i do think there's something to be said for some of those some of those touchy penalties maybe well what definitely in the i mean definitely in the minnesota game and it's it's arguable whether if that game would have ended differently like it, it was kind of shaped this season in some ways like it was early on enough. Oh my god, would Mike McCarthy still be here? <laughs> I mean, maybe not. But it's it, you know, it's just like last season was a season where nothing went right, and it really felt like it started in that Minnesota game, and and with that penalty in particular. But all that said, it's like, is the price right? The answer is probably no. I'm not happy to see him go, but I'm not upset about it. Yeah. Well, I also just want to add, I don't want to, I'm not like celebrating it. You know? Yeah, nobody I, I just made sense. Like it, it was just like, that's the move they have to make. But I, I, I'm not going to be like so happy that he's not on my team anymore. I mean, yeah, there's no, I mean, like what, at what point are you like, yeah, I'm super excited that we like re-signed this, you know, yeah, whatever no kind of outside linebacker yeah. who's on the wrong side of 32 or however old he is. It's like, eh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think that, um, you know, quote, someone's going to pay for Clay, unquote, was kind of a popular refrain. And it kind of often is among fans who know that they're going to lose a player. But even still, are, are we surprised to see this dollar amount attached to a player uh, at what uh, we assume is the tail end of, uh, of his career, Alex? I guess given the team, no. <laughs> like, I, I think that based <laughs> on fair. like the destination that he lands at. I guess it's not that surprising because there's no one more willing to pay for aging defensive players that, you know, definitely have some things wrong with them uh, than the Rams. Like, they're, it seems like the core of their defense, other than the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald, is basically just made up of a plethora of those guys. Can't their whole secondary is basically yeah. those guys. Well, Marcus Peters is good. And Dominican Sue, it was a guy, is a guy like that. All those you guys know, are like, good, though. I mean, I, I would take all those guys over Clay at this point. Yeah, I would agree. But I, I mean, like they're they're very much like let's hope he's got some good football left in him. And yeah. 
I mean, they must. I look. Do I think that he might be more effective if you know Aaron Donald's getting double teamed? Yeah, that's like a reasonable assumption. He might be really good for them in terms of raw numbers. Yeah. That that's true. I mean, that's a good thing to point out. Is like you're also very much a product of your environment. And the Packers' defense in general sucked for a really long time. Yeah, and like, you know, I mean, yeah, he had Mike Daniels, and there, there's been a couple of guys who were pretty good, but he was also never on a defensive unit that you felt like was so over the top in terms of like their talent load, particularly at people who do what he does. Like, yeah. who's the best pass rusher he's ever played with? Daniels. Like, he was never bookended by another guy. No, Julius Peppers. Yeah, right. Like, the the one and a half, like, really good seasons, mm-hmm. I guess, of, like, Julius Peppers. Who opened up the field for Clay a lot, right? Like, right. Like, they played really well off each other. Yeah, but, like, when, you know, you're, you're well, you know, he's a, to... he's a, he He could still be a very good complementary part. Is he where you want all of your pass rush generating from? No. Yeah. I think that's the that's the fundamental. Is like if you have the luxury to have him uh, out there on third down or whatever, like right. great. But yeah. if he's the cornerstone and he's the guy who's supposed to be setting the edge on rundowns, like you're going to get hurt. Which makes like his early career success even more impressive when you think about like the Frank Zombo Eric Walden days. I mean True. like really like his his most dominant point was at a point where like he hadn't even played with like a real outside linebacker yet, you know. Anytime, uh, anytime you can name drop Frank Zombo, <laughs> is Frank Zombo still in the league? I mean, he was on the Chiefs for like what felt like thirty five years. And then I feel like wasn't he on the Colts <laughs> briefly? Uh, well, Walden was on the Colts. I mean, Zombo might have been too. Frank Zombo. He's probably somewhere. Is a f- currently a free agent. <laughs> He's only 32. Welcome to the Ben Reads Wikipedia podcast. Yeah, I was going to say Zach must love this. I could already feel he him. He was released like, oh. on September. I mean, hey, I was Googling it at, at the same time. He so was I'm re-signed by well. the Chiefs last season on October 9th after being released by them on September 1st. Uh, did he actually make it into a game last year? Nine games played last season. Wow. For two, so there it is. Two combined tackles. But quickly, before we move on, um, can we get like can we close it out with a favorite Clay Matthews memory, Alex? Do you have anything specifically that springs to mind? I have I have two, but like I feel like one of them is just way too obvious and cheating. That's probably the one that I got. Well, I kind of want to go with like the more fun one that I feel like kind of sums up his career. Uh, like, that's probably even the one better. That I got. Um, but I I mean it's it's hard not to start with the the forced fumble in the Super Bowl against the Steelers and really that's like made yeah. so much better by NFL Films capturing his little conversation with Kevin Green, who, by the way... Oh, like, it is time, baby. Yeah, like, I mean, if you don't capture that, it's a great force, a super timely turnover uh, that he created that ultimately went on to them winning the Super Bowl, um, but it's made a lot better by the NFL films. And I think I know what Ben's is going to be. Well, they actually, you just reminded me of a different one, but it, uh, you probably do know what mine's going to be, but now I have two. Okay, but, well, nice. Maybe we can share the second one if we're right. <laughs> To the listeners, just really quickly, we haven't gone over these yet, so no, no, uh, we, 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 we don't know each other's favorite moments. Ben, what do you got? So, I mean, the, what I was coming into was going to be the, uh, you know, I, I think this is not any statement of my politics, right? Yeah, okay, but, that's the one. <laughs> but, like, I mean... Damn it, I, damn it, you took mine. Well, I mean, like, what else are you going to do? Like, for me, that's the, it, like, uh, it's it's... The definitive Clay Matthews, it's like, there's a penalty, <laughs> it's kind of stupid, it's kind of hilarious. But it's at the like, time, it was so awesome. And it was I mean, so gratifying at the break time. Break it down. I mean, what are we thing. talking about here? What, oh, him 
leaping like a like a lion in a discovery film in slow motion and dragging down Colin Kaepernick by the like neck. Five yards out lines, of bounds. <laughs> Close um, lines Colin Kaepernick like three yards out of bounds. Yeah. And it was the most cathartic moment for a Packers fan who'd watched Colin Kaepernick destroy the Packers in yes. two successive playoff games. Such a Packer killer and like so frustrating to yeah. like, And it yeah, was just, just like, like, like that was the like, Clay's our guy. Like Clay, like he feels like we feel. Oh, that just, just reminded me of another one. Well, now, so that too. so when you were talking, yeah, because I was reminded of pre-game of of like you know pre-snap audio, him and Cam Newton oh, two years yeah. ago. That is also on the list. Yeah, like because that's like that in my in my mind is kind of also like very very representative of late Clay Matthews, which is like still talking a ton of shit. Yeah, still like kind of treated as if he's like this kind of game-breaking player, but then someone just like pawning him yeah. badly. Um, anyway, yeah. What Sorry, about you, Zach? Zach? I feel like we stole your thunder. I mean, you, you took mine. I mean, it's it's definitely the hit on on Colin Kaepernick, a, a, a guy who I have a ton of respect for, but Ben, as you talked about, he was a Packer killer. He At his top, at the top of his game, he was so frustrating to watch, just constantly slip by and evade defenders. And so that sort of like leaping clothesline out of bounds, it was, you said it, the, the word is cathartic. Um, and actually, you know, I think back on that play and I kind of cringe a little bit because that's like, it's a little bit more bloodthirsty than I usually like to think that I am as a fan. But I, I also just thought it was kind of funny. And ultimately, you know, it, it didn't count. No one got hurt. Yeah, it was um, a... It, uh, it's a no harm, no foul thing, right? Like, right. like if, it's, if we're here sitting... The play didn't count, but it's the memory that counts. So thanks, Clay, for that. <laughs> and if we're talking about, like, you know, we could be here talking about Danny Trevathan or, or you know, Thomas Davis the third or senior or whatever his name is. Yeah. And like, hey, remember that time he, like, head-to-head somebody and ended his career? And, like, we don't really <laughs> have that so, with Clay, I don't think. What that made me think of, which I guess could be a little bonus one, um, and, Zach, I think your description of bloodthirsty is spot on, and I would argue that this was even more gratifying than the uh, Colin Kaepernick one, was when he smacked the shit out of Russell Wilson in the NFC Championship game in Seattle <laughs> on an interception return where he so obviously did not need to make any contact with him and he concussed him. Yeah. And he Russell Wilson should not have been able to finish that game and ultimately throw a touchdown probably pass Clay in overtime. Matthews probably shouldn't have been able to finish that game either. That sent the Packers home, canceled my flight to Arizona that the company had booked, and all of these things that came crashing down shouldn't have been allowed to happen. And really, I should be thanking him. But instead, you know, concussion rules, whatever. It's the NFC Championship game. Um, but that was bloodthirsty as hell. And I love that so many of the clay memories are just blatantly illegal like plays, <laughs> like things that you would never get away with. He was always <laughs> on the border. Let's say yeah. that's, maybe that's putting it nicely. He was, he was always running line. very quickly around the border at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on because we just scratched the surface. And, and now that uh, now that I see the wavelength that we're all riding, we could talk about Clay Matthews near penalties all day long. But another fan favorite, a roster stalwart, uh, someone who I don't think I've really ever heard another player say anything even approaching negative about is wide receiver Randall Cobb, who is headed to Dallas signing a one-year deal with the Cowboys. It's a $2 million base salary with a total uh, maximum value of about $5 million. Alex. 
here's a guy who sort of burst onto the scene with like a tremendous and obvious sort of talent and speed. He could return kicks. He played extremely tough for a guy his size, someone who had a bit of that sort of mind meld connection with Aaron Rodgers, but who ultimately, you know, a lot like Clay, couldn't quite stay healthy enough the last few years. Give me a reaction here to Cobb and the Packers parting ways. Yeah, again, I, I mean, much like Matthews, the writing was kind of on the wall. I mean, we saw literally like a tearful embrace between Rodgers and Cobb, knowing that that was going to be the last game that they uh, like we played together. So, um, I mean, again, it's hard because so many of the guys we're talking about today aren't just like names that you think of and like, oh, there was a couple really cool plays. Like Cobb was so like re- likable. Like these are like just generational. So- this yeah. is the face of the team changing immensely in one season. I mean, yeah. Jordy's like a yeah. season removed, yeah. but even still. And he was so likable. But like you said, I mean, it, it is made a little bit easier by the fact that the past few years, he also wasn't producing that much, right? And like, you How can argue years? that 2014, he was... I guess, was the year that he really broke out. I mean, I guess breakout implies that you continue to have been broken out. And that's not necessarily the case. With yeah. Um, I mean, the inability to say... I mean, there's just so many things that kind of factored into what I think some people, given his actual just raw football talent, would think is like kind of an underachieving career in Green Bay. I think that's safe to say in some ways. Um, but I, I, one thing I always kind of think about is how I just, I, I, I don't know, maybe like they, maybe re- they did maximize Randall Cobb's actual ability, but I always like get that little thirst for more and feel like may, if he was playing somewhere else and he was playing not like in an era where uh, you know, we're, like in a Packers offense where for like the past four years we've just been ripping their lack of creativity that someone just say in his Bill Belichick, mid- you know you want to. Yeah, like, okay, right. So like if, Rand- <laughs> if had Randall Cobb been playing in the Patriots offense, I find it very hard to believe the conversation about him would be like, yeah, he was really good, but like he probably should have been better. Well, what, you, what, I, I'm not sure. Well, like, I just think he why, had like Why a, is he not Danny Amendola in that offense? I think he'd just be a better, more gifted Danny Amendola in that offense. So kind of like a Julian Edelman, who like, like when the, is, Julian Edelman retires, his numbers are going to be I mean, insane. I don't. Yeah. Well, so I don't think that. I mean, I guess like, and this is not. I like Randall Cobb as a, as a person and a human being and as a football player, but I don't. I really don't think it's unfair to say that he never really hit quite as hard as he should have. I mean, he had the one season, 2014. I think I'm going to repeat that mistake if it's a mistake where you know he really blew the doors off the sucker. I don't know. They tried to use him at running back a little. Well, they I was going to do so some stuff if like, we were with gonna, him. If we were going to do a favorite memory, my ironic answer was going to be like all the times Randall Cobb picked up two yards on a stupid running play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really quickly, I got to validate you, Ben. It is 2014. He had 1,287 receiving yards. Yeah. I mean, that season was incredible. Um, and the offense was just kind of on. But then outside of that, like he never quite got there. Yeah, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. But no, like, no, I'm not. I, like, I mean, I you're think, right. That's what I was saying. When like, I there think was I'm always like, a thirst for more. Like, well, you know, he he reminds me of somebody like Jeremy Macklin or like some kind of like you yeah. can see he's it. better than him. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess like in terms of like what you think, maybe they should have been. Jeremy Macklin was like a number or Deshaun Jackson even. I mean, yeah. like, and that's not a horrible comparison. Like, it's not like I'm not like I don't think you'd be ashamed to be compared to like peak Jeremy Macklin or peak peak Deshaun Jackson. No. But, like, it, it is kind of like a, you don't quite live up to the hype. And it's not hype. I mean, like, he's a damn good football player, and he's a super likable dude and a good teammate. Um, and and this is his own thing, is, like, 
he's the most clutch like offense guy. <laughs> I I consider him like, and I might you know he he made plays in high leverage situations that stand out, right? Like, and yeah. if we're going to talk about, I think about- that's part of that mind meld that I alluded to with Aaron Rodgers, just kind of knowing that like when the pressure's on, like they just, they, they know where they're going to be. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's also a testament to like his mental toughness, but I mean, so are we doing favorite memories? I mean, what are well, we- hang on really, really quickly before we move on to that. Cause you mentioned, uh, or I mentioned, uh, sort of the mind meld with Aaron Rodgers, Alex, I think among us, I think you've been the biggest proponent of sort of giving the quarterback deference um or at least consulting him on decisions and all indications are that aaron Rodgers and and, and old Kabi are, are best buds like in the truest sense so give me a gut check feeling here do you think Rodgers is pissed do you care what do you think <laughs> no um i think he understands that it's probably i mean like i'm sure he's sad about it i don't think he's actually mad i think it would be hard to be mad because i i think that aaron Rodgers in his heart of hearts should know that even he uh, as good as he is, is not going to turn Randall Cobb into like some super productive player that's going to be worth paying a lot of money to. Um, and also like he already said goodbye to like someone he was arguably even more mind melded with and enjoying, like he's kind of used to this by now. Like I, at, at some yeah. point you have to realize like if I'm going to be a quarterback that plays into my forties, I'm going to see a lot of guys come and go. And whether it's his leadership style or what, like he gets close with a lot of these guys, they're carpooling to games, their families kind of like spend a bunch of time together. Uh, They vacation together, they do all this, but like, you're the one outlasting everyone, you're going to have to be the one like saying these goodbyes all the time. So like, just get used to it, you know? Yeah, definitely true. All right, quickly, before we move on, uh, Ben, as you suggested, let's give a favorite Randall Cobb memory. I want to go first. Mine is a, it is a cop out, but it's a cop out with a twist. 2013 week 17 against the Bears, Rodgers to Cobb, touchdown, victory. We all know it. We love it. I was sad to finally lose the DVR game on my mom's old cable box back in Wisconsin when when she uh, moved house. But what I really love about that play, and I insist that you all go to YouTube and rewatch it, uh, watch the TV copy, is that after Cobb scores, the camera cuts to Jay Cutler, who in like top Jay Cutler form is sitting on the bench with his like uh, parka over his shoulders. And he sort of does this like dead eyed, like neck twitch, shoulder shimmy thing. And it is just, it's so priceless. And so for evoking that reaction from smoking Jay Cutler, Randall Cobb, I thank you. Yeah. That's that's gold. I think I'm actually going to take last season's uh, game first week, the, the touchdown at the end. I mean, I don't, I can't remember feeling more kind of 360'd. I mean, outside of the Seattle championship game, I can't remember feeling, yeah. and that was the other direction, obviously, but I can't remember kind of like being more elated from the depth of despair than that. And, uh, you know, ultimately a meaningless game and a meaningless season, but a very good moment. Yeah, that's a really good one. I guess uh, mine is probably another really popular one if you were to just take a poll of like everyone. Um, and that would be his debut because... Like I, oh, yeah. uh, like I've often talked about, there was just a feeling of invincibility after the Packers had gone on and won the Super Bowl, and then you start the next year. You know, you're the premier game because you're the Super Bowl well, champ. So he got a kickoff return, right? And he returned a kick yep, for a touchdown. Yep. Uh, also, a little like bonus to that play was um, good old John Kuhn playing a big role uh, in like basically picking, you know, keeping him afloat uh, as Randall Cobb was nearly tackled and going to the ground. John Kuhn just like kind of was like 
literally there to uh, catch him as he falls. And also played an obvious big role in the uh, Chicago 20, yeah. whatever year And the was. fourth and great uh, play uh, to go to the, the playoffs. Yeah, so John Coon's got a lot of uh, good cameos in the Randall Cobb reel. Um, but also, like, you know, you'd come off of winning a Super Bowl. This guy who, like, shatters SEC records for uh, all-purpose yards, and obviously that's, like, the highest level of college play. Uh, you feel, like, slips to you, you know, in the second round. And he, you know, this the immediate, like, payoff of this is his first game as a pro, and look what he just did. Things are only going to go up from here. Um, was just, I mean, that's that's, like, the peak of... What it, why it was so great to be a Packers fan in the, like the Aaron Rodgers era. I don't think he, he ever did it like, again, did he? I don't, I don't think so. Not a, not, not a return. Yeah, I think that might be like the only. And he wasn't returning kicks very long. No, I mean like uh, he would return punts and stuff. I but, mean that was his rookie season, right? Like he was yeah. still kind of like lower. It was James Jones was still around. Like, yeah, you know, at Lambeau against a great opponent and what was ultimately a really fun game. Um, was so it that against was, the that Saints? Was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was the past two Super Bowl yeah. champs going head to head, and it was yeah. like boom, that was boom. his only uh, return for a touchdown, 108 yards. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It was pretty baller. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's a good way to burst onto the scene. All right, guys, let's move on. Rounding out sort of this uh, this uh, sad see you later segment here is former Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who is calling it a career at the age of 33, or as Ben might call it, the the wrong side of 32. Shout out to Hoodie James Jones with the initial scoop there. I got to admit, this news gave me gave me feelings, you guys. Nelson won a Super Bowl with the Packers in 2010. Had a, like a like we've talked about the mind melt. He had a borderline telepathic connection with Aaron Rodgers that was at times just impossible to defend. And more than anything else, I can't quite think of a player so just universally loved. Uh, as Jordy Nelson by other players, but also fans. Um, a surefire Packers Hall of Famer, and I'd say a first ballot NFL Hall of very, very good wide receiver. Alex, let's start with you. Did this news have you uh, have you feel in some kind of way? Yeah, I think so. Um, it kind of just is, you know, a lot of these guys leaving is probably, it all serves as a reminder, but that like this era of Packers football is like quickly closing. And I just think Jordy and how close he was with Rodgers, how many touchdowns he caught from him. Jordy was the first Rodgers receiver, right? Like there was a there was a carryover Jennings with Greg was Jennings. Kind of a shared. I would he say played for Favre. Jordy was the first guy who never had any Favre connection. That was like Aaron's guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think when we think back on Aaron Rodgers' career, like every great quarterback has a number of receivers that come to mind immediately, but like Jordy is the guy. Like that's the Rodgers receiver. When you're thinking about the guy on the other end of Aaron Rodgers, like career Jordy is that guy and him just like hanging it up um and not even like wanting to hang on to like a you know a little bit more football and bouncing around the league anymore after the whole Oakland thing just like makes you realize like this this is this is ending really soon (laughs) like and soon we're gonna have to say goodbye to the hardest guy to say goodbye to um which is Rogers so (laughs) yeah I mean the thing with Jordy is that like because I he was actually the toughest one for me to think of like a memory for because I feel like Jordy is that guy who it's so many. Well, and there, it's not that for me. It's that it's that like it's so dependable and that like kind of like you know the worst of sports like announcer cliches where he's like he makes it look so easy. It's like that's how I feel about Jordy. I'm like he makes it look easy. Like he always like he just catches the ball in stride or. 
you know, makes this contested catch where you're like, no one's coming down with that. And then he does. And, or like, you know, gets both feet down, whatever it is, back shoulder. Um, so my, uh, I'll, I'll wait on my memory because it's, it's like way out there. And neither of you guys are definitely, this will not be either of your guys' memory. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, Jordy is like the most dependable kind of packer of the, of the era. Like you never got mad at Jordy the way you get, frustrated with Aaron Rodgers I don't think even like not and I don't mean that as a as a criticism of Rodgers but I'm just like Jordy's like Mr. Dependable in and out day in day out Ben you 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 in talking about sort of memories and we can move on to our to our memories here uh you mentioned that it's kind of hard to identify one and I found myself thinking the same thing it's just so hard for me to pick um and so my memory uh, it is kind of a cop out as well, but it's really just a broad memory of I just loved how specifically before Jordy's knee issues, defenders like forgot how fast Jordy <laughs> Nelson was like it was their job to forget how fast he was. And he never got credit for his second gear from from so many defenders. And all he needed, Ben, like you were saying, all he needed was a little half step to catch it in stride or a bit of like bodying to the football. And then he would just turn on that second gear and he would just make make you look a damn fool. And I never got tired of saying, yeah, you probably should have, you know, not let him get behind you. <laughs> probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that birthed like maybe one of the and if we're going really broad one of the other like more memorable things about the uh Jordy and particularly Jordy Rogers connection was um they basically made it impossible to like talk about the Packers without talking about the back shoulder throw. Like yeah. I mean there was kids yeah. probably growing up in Wisconsin all the time. Like it used to be like when you were playing ball with your friends, you just run a nine. Like just you want to throw it as far as you can. You want to play Brett Favre. And then there was like probably like a little generation of kids who were trying to perfect the back shoulder throw at the sideline the way that Jordy and Aaron did it. And like every highlight reel you watch, it was just people breaking that down and how they like literally had it down to a science. Um, so that on a broad scale, that was it. But I, I do have like, I do think, and I felt like it was kind of a cop out too, because it's just like, you know, I keep going with like all these firsts, you know, like Randall Cobb's like first game, but that first touchdown in the Super Bowl win, just in, like, I think the, it, I, I was talking to Ben about this before the show, but it, there's a certain tension Right. When like, you know that this is going to be a high like a, one, it's the Super Bowl. So you're nervous as hell as a fan. Um, there's like there's just a feeling like right after that, like, OK, they're not going to like they're not going to get shut out. <laughs> like check, um, you know, they still look like a team capable of beating a good team. Like it was just it broke all of that tension that exists with like, you know, yeah. a couple of three and outs yeah. to start the Super Bowl. And it's like, who's going to strike? Um, and ultimately, it was also like a beautiful play i mean like he was fairly well covered it was a beautiful ball and then he just like fucking finished the job which was was awesome so that's uh that's certainly one that i'll i'll never forget because you know to go up seven nothing in, a, <laughs> in the super bowl just gives you that feeling like holy shit like they really could do this mine mine is actually not particularly football related um and this will only make sense to people who uh were you know subscribers to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel in I believe 2008 maybe 2009 um but there was a cover picture on the sports section you know what i'm talking you I know where i'm so. going with this with Greg Jennings hand inside a cow 
and Greg Jennings wearing a bucket hat, <laughs> making the strangest, like kind of like a grimace smile. And I was like, I wake up, I go downstairs, I like pour my bowl of cereal. <laughs> I look at this at the cover of the Journal Sentinel Sports section. I was like, what the fuck? And and then it's it's about like the wide receiver core bonding on Jordy's family ranch in Kansas, I think Kansas. Yeah. Um and he apparently got all of the Packers to artificially inseminate cows. Uh, wow. So that's my favorite Jordy memory because nothing was like, like, he hadn't really done anything yet. I think he started two games in 2008. And it was just like, what? Like, and it's, yeah. Anyway, if you can, go find Greg Jennings with his hand inside a cow, artificially inseminating a cow because it is, like, <laughs> I, like I just don't, I, it's, I, like, how do you forget that? Yeah. Like, that's got to be the memory. Um, wait, wait, wait you didn't mention the one I thought you were going to mention, What though. did you think I was going to mention? I thought you were going to, um, because we we have to hit this, just because it's also, like, one of the best Mike McCarthy memories of all time. Oh, the flag. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I can hit the flag. Like that, oh, if we want to hit the flag. I thought when you said you were going, you were going to go out there. Um, no, 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 no. The was cow was way more, more out, out there. there. Uh, <laughs> or in Greg Jennings' case, like, in yeah. there. Um, oh. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, but um, psh. so uh, yeah. But um, I mean, him him picking up the challenge flag that he knew Mike McCarthy should not have and was not allowed to throw, and like hiding it and walking it back to the sideline, <laughs> and basically yeah. teaching the the kind of buffoon coach how to coach, uh, is that is one for the ages, and that's like so Jordy Nelson right there, <laughs> like probably sad it got caught on camera. Definitely didn't want to shame his coach, but still knows the game much better than him. Great moment. Yeah. Man, you know, as we as we move on here, Alex, you sort of made mention of this and I kind of want to I want to circle back to it, but you, you talked about sort of like how this is like part of a little era that's coming to an end and you know, it really is true that like these little eras they come and go so quickly. You know, we had the Super Bowl with Rodgers and Jordy and 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 everyone else and and it's just it's gone like that. So like the fans who are constantly sort of finding finding something to complain about and they're just like always hashtag mad online about something. It's just like take this take this lesson away from this episode. Just enjoy the football. Just watch the football and enjoy the football. But um before we go, I just I wanna I wanna check our pulse sort of collectively about how we feel about this team here because it already looks so different as we just alluded to all these all these names dropping off. Um uh, as far as once the season has ended, you know, Lafleur is ensconced. His staff is in place. Free agents galore have been added. And, and of course, these two longtime pillars in Cobb and Matthews are gone. Alex, are, are you excited? Are you nervous as we sort of head into the draft? How do you how do you feel about all this craziness? No, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I, I just think by being so willing to part ways with these guys and being a little more active in free agency is just an admittance that like this needed to happen. Um, and it's going to happen and we're going to act quickly because we don't have a lot of time. So, uh, in terms of the direction, like I'm not going to be mad. Um, you know, I think they've probably already on paper done their part to replace any production they may have lost by losing Clay Matthews and releasing Nick Perry. Um, so like, cool. I'm good with that. Uh, got better in the secondary, something they obviously needed to address. Um, so I can't help but be excited. And also, like, I've been someone for a long time who's just been, you know, really craving a kind of a remodel at the wide receiver position. So I think, and I know that Jordy Nelson wasn't a Packer as he 
um, retired, retired and he's been gone. But um, I just think like closing the book on that and Randall Cobb and really getting to start over with the young guys they drafted last year and anyone else that they may still add to the folder draft this year um, is, is what's most exciting to me because they realize like, Aaron needs options. Um, we this has got to change. He's got one great one in Devonte, and now we probably need to find like one or two other guys like that uh, to really maximize these last few years. So I can't help but be excited. And who doesn't like, you know, new players at skill positions? That's always fun. Um, Adam, or on that note, I think it was Adam Schefter who tweeted out something like the the, the last time the Packers selected a non quarterback offensive skill position player in the first round was god i don't i wish i had the i wish i had it in front of me it's like I don't, it's like a decade it's something like it's criminally a long time ago offensive non-skill in the first offensive non-quarterback skill position like a wide receiver yeah. for example Cobb was a second right yeah they, well they they yeah. the whole second round receiver second was round the thing, thing. Yeah. uh who would it have been i mean aaron Rodgers, but that's not again non-quarterback so yeah. it has to be at least before him uh, There's got to be an obvious. It's it was uh, probably a Mike was, Sherman uh, thing. No, Mike Sherman did. Ahmad, you guys, Ahmad Carroll. You guys, you guys ready for it? I have it. Oh God. Uh, sure. Javon Walker. Oh, I should have got that one. Pick. I should have got that one. I was so pumped because I grew up an I'm FSU a, fan. Dude, Javon Walker to me is still like, like you know, I can I can talk for whatever about unfulfilled potential about Randall Cobb, but for me, Javon Walker was the supreme like could have could have been like a real legit hall of fame kind of guy yeah and he still balled for a little though yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean he had great seasons with the packers and then yeah. when it was time to pay him his knee exploded and i mean that look to me that was like that was the beginning of the end for brett Favre for me was was that whole debacle yeah all right guys well on the <laughs> on that javon walker related note which is of course is where i knew this podcast would end when we started it <laughs> The offseason plods on as we get closer to the draft, and, and we're going to have uh, some kind of draft coverage here for you at the APC pod. And also, as well, SB Nation is going to be doing a league-wide NFL mock draft, and so there's going to be uh, things in this podcast feed about that as well. And, um, yeah, so keep it locked in, acmepackingcompany.com. All offseason long as the Packers revamp their roster, remake the coaching staff, and, and bring you a shiny new toy to play with come the 2019 and 19 season uh, for Ben Foldy and Alex Patakis. Thanks again to Amber Watson over in the Craig Newmark School of Journalism in New York City. I am Zach Rapport at the APC pod on Twitter. Follow us on iTunes and subscribe. Give us a rating, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Go Pack Go.